Thank you for listening to Preaching the Word with Nathan Deach. Thank you for joining us today for Becoming a Disciple. This is part five of our six-session podcast on the first principles of the Christian faith. In our first three podcasts, we talked about the three basic steps to becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. The first step is that we must receive the gospel about Jesus Christ into our minds, into our hearts, and into our lives. Then, we should be baptized, and finally, we should be taught. These last three podcasts are focusing on what it looks like to be taught. Last week, we talked about what it truly means to learn, to renew our minds in Christ Jesus. This week, we're focusing on the lifestyle of a disciple. When Jesus came into the world, he upset the entire religious establishment by how he taught his disciples and how he related to the world. Christ taught his disciples to spread his message of repentance and God's kingdom from town to town, person to person, whoever would receive it. Christ ate and drank with people that the religious people thought he should avoid. Sometimes, local churches can have rules, expectations, and lifestyles that can become a form of slavery. One of the most tragic things that can happen to a believer is to believe that they need to conform to a set of church rules rather than to conform to Christ. Believers in Jesus Christ are set free from the law of sin and death. They're set free from the bondage of the law so that they might serve Christ and be more like Him. Believers are not to be God's protected people. They're to be the messengers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus made it clear that this message is more important than our temporary peace and security in this world. Our walk with Jesus will either be based on following rules that keep us safe or principles of faith that further the kingdom of God. It is critical for us to understand this so that we won't fall into the trappings of sinful or religious lifestyles that are contrary to Jesus Christ. The passage we're going to examine today is Romans chapter 14, verses 1 through 23. Go ahead and grab your Bibles if you have them, and turn with me now to Romans chapter 14, Verses 1 through 23. Paul begins, 
As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls. And he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day, observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord, and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. To this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord, both of the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother, or you? Why do you despise your brother? For we all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. But it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you're no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good to be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it's wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats.
It's good not to eat meat or drink or wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have, keep it between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. In this passage, Paul teaches us how to live by faith rather than by rules, and to keep our freedom in Christ. This passage can seem confusing at first, and it can be twisted by people that want to enforce their own church rules. However, the overall concepts are fairly simple. Paul begins this passage by stating, As for the one who is weaker in faith, welcome him, but don't quarrel over opinions. This opening statement really is the theme of everything Paul is about to talk about for the next chapter and a half. Paul does not want mature Christians to put up rules or boundaries that keep them from ministering, training, and teaching immature Christians. In addition, he does not want new believers to think they need to follow rules to be accepted, but rather that they are accepted in Christ Jesus. What does it mean to have your own convictions before God? Let's look at verse 5. Paul says that one person esteems one day as better than another, while another person esteems all days alike. Now, the context of this was around Sabbath and Jewish holidays. Some believers at that time saw some days as better than others. Can you think of an example of that today? Of how believers might consider one day different than others? Let me suggest an example. Sometimes, because of the evil activity that surrounds a particular day, Christians think of a day as a bad day, a day in which they don't want to participate in or avoid altogether. Perhaps even because of the pagan activity they participated in or the evil worship they participated in, They esteem the day as less than any other day of the year. While another person might see that day as just another day. The scripture tells us to be fully convinced in our own minds. This is an example of what it means to have your own convictions before God. It means that you keep your convictions before God about not participating in things that could cause you to sin. Now, what does it mean not to judge another? What does it mean to hold another in contempt? It means for Christians to look down on others 
over such matters. In Psalm 24.1 we read, The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. God is the creator of heaven and earth. He's the rightful owner and Lord over all things. That includes days of the week, every day, even the day in which evil activity is thriving. All days belong to God, and while one Christian may be convinced to avoid a certain day or look down on that day because it's known for pagan worship, it doesn't make the day bad. I'm fully convinced that all days are alike, Paul would say. The day belongs to the Lord. As we grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ Jesus, the boundaries that we often create to protect ourselves in the flesh begin to come down. Because we're able to stand through the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul tells us not to judge other Christians about these kinds of issues or to hold them in contempt. Why? Because all of us have weak areas in which we're growing. We put up boundaries that help us create good habits or a healthy environment in which we can heal. But ultimately, boundaries do not break the bondage of sin. In this passage, Paul tells believers three separate times not to judge each other over these external boundaries, or lack thereof. What Paul is getting at is that the only thing that will bring true healing and break the bondage of sin is the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And that forgiveness needs to be lived out in the body of Christ. When we see our brother trusting in his flesh or struggling with sin, how do we act? Are we judgmental? Are we critical? Or are we helpful? to lovingly guide them toward Christ. What is Paul talking about when he tells us not to make another brother stumble? What does he mean when he says, keep your faith to yourself? Well, first, let me address an issue that's cultural for us today. Because faith and truth have been thrown out in our postmodern world, Many people misuse this scripture to justify unfaithful behavior. Paul's not talking about setting down your faith as if it were all right to be unfaithful in our walk. Rather, Paul is talking about how in our immaturity, Christians tend to trust in their boundaries rather than in Christ. When we first come to know the Lord, and we desire to follow him, we tend to put up a great deal of regulation on our life, and understandably so. Paul understands this, and he speaks to us 
knowing this is how we will act. In Romans chapter 6, verse 19, Paul says, I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. In our early lives as Christians, when we desire to present our lives as slaves to righteousness, we tend to rely a great deal on regulation and boundaries because we have not grown to lean on the power of God's forgiveness through Christ Jesus and through the power of his Holy Spirit. Paul is telling the mature believer to be patient and understanding with the one who has a tendency to trust in the law for protection. Paul's not saying if someone believes regulation is needed, that you need to stop all ministry and subjugate the entire congregation to fit that person's opinion. Paul has been very clear throughout this passage that neither the weak nor the mature believer should pass judgment on the other. If someone is creating division in the body of Christ, because they want everyone to conform to their opinion, then that's the issue that needs to be addressed, not the immature believer's feeling of needing to regulate. In this passage, Paul is instructing mature believers to set aside their liberty for the sake of those who are genuinely seeking to grow in Christ. So when a believer is struggling through issues of sin, trusting in rules to try and overcome sin, it can be hard for them to trust someone that doesn't keep those same rules or boundaries. The mature believer may have to set down their strength in Christ, their liberty in Christ, to help the immature believer toward maturity. Furthermore, the immature believer should never be forced outside of their boundaries until they're ready. If a mature believer fails to walk in love with an immature believer, it may compel the immature believer to move forward before their conscience is ready to do so. I want to make it clear that a mature believer setting aside his liberty for the sake of the immature believer is not a permanent position. It's to teach the immature believer to grow in Christ. We don't want to continue living under personal boundaries when we can live through the power of the Holy Spirit. In our last lesson, Renewing Our Minds, we learned to avoid letting the world press us into its mold. So Paul is in no way telling believers in Christ to go back to regulation or back to the law. 
nor is Paul telling the church to keep its teachings at an immature level. Rather, he is instructing mature believers on how to show love, one-on-one, towards those who are still learning and growing to lean more fully on the strength of Jesus Christ. As followers of Christ, it's important to think correctly about how to live and relate to each other and the world around us. We need to grow into a mature understanding of our freedom in Christ. Yet for many, there continues to be a lot of confusion about how to live with our own personal convictions in light of others who have different convictions. I encourage you to review this passage of Scripture and this lesson until you know it fully. Before I leave you, I want to leave you with something to think about. What is the difference between a strong and a weak Christian? And what is the goal? To be strong or weak? Now may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understandings. Thank you.